Welcome to another episode of The Coiling Solution, where we empower you with awareness and actionable insight. Today, I'm going to bring Stu Massengale to the podcast. Stu Massengale is on a mission to change the statistic from 80% of people not loving what they do to 80% of people falling in love with what they do. Imagine that, people. He is a peak performance strategist for Tony Robbins and the founder of Finding Direction. Through his podcast and university, he helps people go from lost in life to creating a full life of passion and fulfillment. As a high achiever under 30, Stu has accomplished many things from building an eight-figure business at 20 years old to beating cancer at 24 years old. Stu brings his passion and heart to creating lasting impact across the globe. Please join me in welcoming Stu Massengale to the show. Stu, welcome. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, man. I am, uh, I'm extremely excited to be here, so thank you so much. Thank you for being here, and thanking, uh, thank you for bringing the sunshine from San Diego to the East Coast. We appreciate that. You got it, man. We're all sunshine over here. So, I, hey, Listen, that's one of my, my, one of my favorite places. So one of the things I always like to ask guests so the audience gets to know who they are, if you think about the people who know you best, who spend the most time with you, who they're like, oh, no, I know Stewie, that's my guy, you know, yeah, oh, my God, I've known him forever. What is one thing that even they would say they don't know about you? Mm, that's a good question. Okay, I thought you were going to go the other way. Um, what's one thing that they don't know about me? Uh, oh, I know something they probably don't know about me that I tithe. Um, ah. Yeah, so for those people that aren't aware of that, right, for everything yeah. you make, you give 10% back yes. to um, church or, you know, kind of whatever you want to give it to. But I would say that's something most people probably don't know about me. Yeah. Um, it's not really like a you know, something that it's like, Hey, look, I'm doing this. It's just, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm a believer in faith and that yes. everything is, is led with a purpose. And, and that's just something that I do that they probably, most people probably don't know. That's a good question. You've, you've done a lot of different things, man, at a very early age. And, uh, quite honestly, I was struggling with where to start eight figure business by the age of 20 overcoming cancer at 24, both huge accomplishments in such different, uh, directions. Let me think of where to start. Let's start with let's start with cancer, man. To be honest with you, let's yeah, start yeah. with something that is so uh, painstaking. I'm sure to talk about sometimes. You know, when when I think about the why of the work you're doing now, you know, a lot of times I ask people about their why, and you know, because I'm trying to get to the the core why they're doing what they're doing. I can almost understand some of the why, given some of the things you've overcome. But I still want you to tell the story of of going through something like that, overcoming it, and coming to this point here, if you would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll put like a, a little preamp that I am a ridiculously positive human being. Like I, I sometimes will say I'm allergic to negativity. Like I just, I'm not about it. I don't get it. I read a quote once when I was little and it says every moment you're sad is a moment of happiness. You'll never get back. And that's, Mm. that's like something I live my life long. Um, and so for me, I basically went on this plan to go on this seven month trip to New Zealand um, I was kind of in a place where I felt like really just lost in my life. This was after the business. Yeah. Um, I went from like a high of loving what I do with my life to I'm going to go do the next thing. And then all of a sudden realizing, I don't know what the heck I'm doing yeah. um, and feeling lost and stuck And my outlet was I'm going to go travel and I'm going to find myself, right? I'm going to go to the action sports capital of the world, New Zealand, because I'm a big snowboarder, skateboarder. Um, so I was like, I'm going to go live there for seven months 
Always wanted right. to go there and I'm going to figure out my life. And so I get there and it was literally two days into being there that I noticed something with my body was going wrong mm. um, at night. And so I had a skydiving appointment in the morning. So obviously I had to go do that. Um, jumped, jumped out of a plane, then finally went to the hospital and basically started talking to, you know, all the doctors, nurses. I mean, it was Queenstown, New Zealand. It's like a tiny little hospital. There's probably 12 people that work there. Um, and after like two days of doing different tests and coming in and out, they kind of did the like traditional, you know, take you into a room, sit you down and they're like, all right, you know, all right, sir. Um, you know, we found something in your body. It's either benign, meaning it's nothing, or it can be cancerous, but it's some sort of a, a tumor. Um, and we suggest that you get on the next plane flight and go home. And so that was, um, like, again, I'm a really positive person. So right. it's really interesting. And I don't think many people with cancer have this same experience. But as soon as they said that, my instant first belief was, okay, everything happens for a reason and it happens for the right reason. Clearly, I'm supposed to go home and just, you know, this, like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Right, um, right. And so, you know, I got on a plane, went to the, do- went to see my doctor. And I think that was two days after I got home and then basically went to his office. He was like the cancer specialist and basically was in a room with my parents. And he told me, yeah, this is definitely testicular cancer was what they diagnosed it as. Mm. Um, and then I went into probably like six months of, you know, uh, surgeries basically of like removing all the cancer from my body. Um, and just a quick note, I would say for any guys that are listening to this is basically just like check your equipment. Um, you know, like for me, just to be vulnerable and transparent, one just swelled up large, larger than normal. Um, and then I went to the doctor and had all these tests. So I would just say like, check yourself, get checked up regularly. Um, because it's, it's actually surprising how many men get testicular cancer. It's like actually a surprising amount of people that, that do end up getting it. Is that right? And, and how old again were you at the time? Uh, I was 23, two days before my 24th birthday. So Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good birthday present. Not really. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. So in six months of, of surgeries. Yeah. So basically they did like uh, an oreactomy, which is the first surgery they do for that. And then it can spread up to your stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where testicular cancer can spread. Don't ask me why. Um, but basically they did like a, a, a PET scan, I think it was, or CT scan. And they saw a mass in my stomach. And so they suggested we do this surgery. It's called an RPLND, retropreneurial lymph node dissection. Mm-hmm. And long story short, they cut you open from your chest to your pubic bone, open you up, take out lymph nodes. They took out 22 and five of them were cancerous. Um, and then that was that was about four years ago now, which is which sounds crazy. Um, and now it's they were able to remove all of it surgically. So I was I, mm-hmm. I feel very fortunate that they were able to remove it pretty quickly. And I do think that my positive mindset around it, Mm -hmm. I really do believe that 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 was one, a blessing in helping me get through it and not be freaking out and, and all that stuff. But also I just think that this, and this is just my belief that by being positive throughout the experience, it made the cancer not spread as much. Yeah. Well, you're positive and you're, well, let me ask you this. Were you a person of faith prior to that? Uh, Yeah, I was. Okay. So yeah. you're not just positive, you're personal faith as well. So 
Yeah. I don't don't leave that out. Yeah. And I knew for me that like I, when I got diagnosed with cancer, I knew my time wasn't up. Like it just in me, I knew I had something more to do on this planet. Yeah. yeah. And so this was just going to be part of my journey and like, who knows why exactly it's going to happen, but I'm sure throughout my life, I'll continue to have things happen where it's like, wow, like that was really a blessing in my life and not something that was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Now, prior to that, you had already established the biz- the business, correct? Yeah, correct. Okay. And and so let's, let's shift, cause I'd love to shift gears now back to the business and try to yeah. understand how this all comes together. So talk about the business and, and what you were establishing there. Yeah. So, um, for me, I grew up as I, an entrepreneur, I guess you could say, like, you heard the story many times, right? Kid that sold candy in high school, started a neighborhood in my business, um, used to sell skateboards so I could skate for free. Like I did all of those things. And eventually I got to college and my best friend and I were working on building a skateboard company. Uh, my name was Stu. His name was Boss. So we figured we'd call the company Stoss. Gotcha. Um, great idea. And so we started working on this. And one day my best friend, he calls me and he goes, Stu, we're not doing that anymore. Scratch it. I found hmm. a pot of gold. He said something along those lines. Like, I found gold. Um, and he's like, you gotta, we gotta meet up. And so long story short, he ended up introducing me to this network marketing company. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was introduced to that, I was pretty instantly like, yeah, this is this is gold. Like, this makes right. sense. Um, and so we just went on like full, full board into that. Like I ended up dropping out of school to pursue this. Wow. Um, yeah, for, for three years, I left school to do this. We built a business that did $8 million in revenue. Um, we're traveling on a plane, you know, one to two times a week, just mm-hmm. going to different states, different countries, just building this business. Um, and for me, I think one thing that was really interesting is I grew up with a mom who's a life coach. And so mm-hmm. I grew up with, you know, just little messages that parents would do where it's like there's a quote on the wall that says anything's possible or right. another quote that says you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And so I kind of grew up with these messages unconsciously. But when I was introduced to like network marketing, I was also introduced to personal development. I was absolutely, you know, Proctor, Tony Robbins, Napoleon Hill, Dale Carnegie, all these people. And I think it finally, what it did for me is it brought all these unconscious messages. I had unconscious messages that I got as a kid Yes, and it brought it to my consciousness. And really, I think the most beautiful part of that entire four-year journey, um, it wasn't the money. It was the growth that I experienced as a human being was yeah, yeah. unbelievable. You know, And, and yeah. that's kind of business in a sense. It's like the more successful you want to be in a business, the more you have to grow as a human. Um, Absolutely. And and so it was, it, it was a beautiful foundation for who I am today. And I'm forever grateful for that experience. Yeah. You know, it's funny when you said so many things, you uh, just, just kind of clicked when you were talking about it. Cause, um, well, if I can ask, what, what, what did your father do? Uh, my father's a doctor. So he's, he's a doctor. You know, the, the funny thing is, is it's almost like you were, um, just centered around this, uh, this, this, this positive, these, these positive forces and messages. Right. So yeah. when, when did your, your kind of faith activity start to take shape? Uh, that honestly, when I was probably 19 or 20. Okay. Uh, okay. So I was introduced to that business at 19 and then I had a couple mentors, um, mm-hmm. throughout that business that just really helped kind of guide me in a positive direction in my life. And then one day yeah. they went, you know, Hey, we're going to church. Do you want to come? And I went and it was just this like, you know, out of body experience almost where it was like, wow, like this makes sense. 
Yeah, yeah. It's so so interesting because uh, to your point, you might you know life coaches. I mean oot of positivity right and then to your point network marketing companies i mean network marketing companies should say slash personal development they really yeah. should i mean because core to network marketing is personal development i mean it's 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 hand in hand right there's no business without personal development network marketing period yeah, exactly yeah exactly. interesting so then how long did you uh run in, in the in that business uh so i was with them about three three and a half about four years mm-hmm Okay. And then, so that, did that run right into the time that you realized you had cancer? So I was in that for about three and a half years. I'm a massive believer in following your intuition and your gut. And right at about three and a half years, going to four years, I kind of just had this like internal change more or less of like, I'm not supposed to be doing this anymore. I'm supposed to be doing something different. Um, and so I ended up leaving that company. And then that's when I kind of fell into this space of, I was doing something I loved. I really enjoyed it. I had this change in my heart. So I said, I'm going to go follow this change. And then when I followed that change, that's when I kind of fell in this place of, you know, I felt I wasn't supposed to do that. But when I went to the next step, there was, there wasn't anything like I didn't right. say, I'm going to leave this and I'm going to go do this. Cause I'm called to do this. I just said, I'm going to leave this and go to the next thing. Cause I'm feeling called to do that. And then once I got in that space, it was like, uh, what am I supposed to do? And then that's when I went into traveling and then two days into the travel, that's when the cancer came up. Mm, got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So then you go through the six months of the cancer treatments, et cetera. You come through that. You're obviously, um, wonderfully, you know, feeling blessed and, yeah. and, uh, excited to come through that. Where do you go from there? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I got through the cancer and ironically, so I left school for three years. I went back for a semester. Then I left to travel again. And that's mm. when cancer came up. And so after the cancer, the I was going to San Diego State University. And they said, if you leave again, you're kicked out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, okay, like I have to go or I'm going to get kicked out. And I think I had like a year and a half left, like not a lot. And so, and my parents are big education fans. So like they encouraged me to go back. So I went back and probably halfway into being back, I went on like a, summer travel experience because i love traveling and so i went to news i went to australia and um uh not bali thailand Mm, mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and then when i was in australia ironically there was a tony robbins event happening that same weekend and i love tony robbins even Mm -hmm. like i work with him now but there's a reason i work for him is because he's massively impacted my life Mm-hmm. And we had this like six day event. It was called date with destiny. I'd always wanted to go to it was on my, you know, dream bucket list. And I was in Sydney, ironically the week that it was happening. So I was like, again, this is a sign I'm supposed to go. So I bought my ticket. Um, and so when I was at this event, Tony teaches this one concept and it's called the primary question. Mm-hmm. And I would say this one question has massively changed the last two and a half year trajectory of my life. Um, And basically what the primary question is, is that there's a question we ask ourselves every single day, multiple times a day. And, and this is for everybody, but most people have no idea that this is actually happening. Hmm. But what you'll under, what you'll come to understand is there's a lot of good things that come from this question, but there's also a lot of bad things because you're not aware of it. And so for me, my primary question was, what's my purpose? 
right? And, and that was something that had streamed over the last two years when I felt lost. I was trying to figure out my life. The cancer came. I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And what I started to unravel in that question was that if the question I ask myself every single day is what's my purpose, that presupposes that I have no purpose. Mm. And so the beautiful thing I took from that was I, I believe that I have a purpose. I believe that I have a calling. I believe that I'm here to do something impactful. And so I'm going to have a lot of drive. I'm going to, I'm going to work harder. I'm going to put in more sweat. I'm going to, you know, have sleepless nights. Like I will do all of that because I know I'm here for a greater mission. That's the good thing. The bad thing was, well, I don't have it. Long story short, I re pieced together that question and I changed it. And now my new primary question is how am I appreciating all the love of my life? Because mm-hmm. one of the reasons I wanted purpose was because it brought love to my life. Right. Um, how am I appreciating all the love of my life, God's grace, and my ability to serve right now? Mm. And mm. I would say that last little part, my ability to serve right now, that's what changed my life for the last two and a half years. Because I finally realized that you know, I may not have everything together in my life, but I've learned some pretty incredible lessons. And if I could just start to share those with people there's people that I really could help out there. Um, And for me, that's when I really came to this place of, I know I want to help people. That's why I'm here on this earth is to just give and serve and help other people. And ultimately what it brought me to um, was helping people kind of go through this journey of figuring out what they wanted to do with their life. And, you know, after I left that, I went and worked for Vans, the skateboard company for a little bit, figured out I want to do that. And then that led me to Tony Robbins, um, where now I'm working along Tony. And then on the side, I'm doing this this company that I built called Finding Direction. And there, that's all about, you know, how can we help people, just like you said, go from this place where where I was, right? Of I'm I'm lost, I'm stuck. I don't know what the heck I'm supposed to do here. Right. And it sucks. It feels empty. It just you don't feel good in that place. And how do we take people from that place to going to a place of waking up every single day, going, man, I cannot believe this is the life I get to live because you truly can't do that. Um, and so that that one little question has sparked that over the last two and a half years. And now, you know, finding direction, we have a podcast we do, we have a university we do. Um, and it, it's crazy how sometimes those deep, dark moments um, really do really do bring some yeah. beautiful things. Yeah. What's interesting about that, and, and just so you guys know, the listeners, what, what Stu means when he says what we were talking about right before we started recording this I was telling him about when I described the audience, one of the things I described is, you know, the Uber description is, you know, purpose driven career folks. Right. I describe you all as people who, at least if you're listening to me, because what I'm focused on is purpose driven careers. Right. From a career perspective, from a leadership perspective, people who have purpose behind what they're doing. Um, What I love about what you said, Stu, is almost like um, when you said it visually, what I what what comes to mind is almost like standing in the same spot. And the first part was asking this question of um, what is my purpose, which was a question of like, what's void, right, in my life. And then like standing in that same spot, leaning back on your heels and pivoting the other direction and going, how do I use what I have already? Those are two very different questions with totally different energy behind them, right? What's void versus being grateful for what I have and how do I use it to serve others, right? Um, and, and I think one thing that, and I've never thought about it this way, but I think one thing that's really interesting that you've kind of 
brought out is I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. But one of the biggest themes that helped me get through that is I am a massive believer in taking action in your life. And so I think for some people, we get caught up in this pattern, we could say mm. of, I don't know, I don't know what I want to do with my life. So, you know, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to try to think about it and I'm going to try to ponder it and I'm going to try to, you know, analyze what I feel I'm supposed to do versus right, the approach right. I took was, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to try as many things as I can until finally one thing in my soul goes, this is it. Yep. And so, you know, I felt lost, but I, I used the resources that I had, the, the things that I had learned over the last six years or whatever it was to continue to try new things in my life. And ultimately through not knowing what I wanted to do, but by continuing yeah. to try things, that's really what brought me to this place of, you know, this, this is it. And so I think, you know, for anyone listening to this, that's in a place of knowing what with your life, one of the biggest gifts you can give yourself is by learning through experience and learning through yeah. action and learning through trying things. Because the more things you try, the more clarity you're going to get on what you don't love. And ultimately, the, the clarity you're going to get on what you do love. And then that's where the self-awareness comes in to, to play, to ask, you know, what am I really feeling here? Is this really what I love or not? Um, and so I think that those were really a couple things that did help me. And, and thank you for kind of bringing that out. I appreciate that. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And, I, and your point, your point is so well taken, right? That permission to, to try uh, and call it trial. I've heard, I heard other people say it, um, call it an experiment, whatever word you need to use to feel comfortable that it's not fatal if it doesn't work. Right. Uh, cause sometimes we, we, we talk about it. Like if I do this and it doesn't work, like that's the end. <laughs> it's like, no, it's an experience. It's experience. It's a, it's an experiment. It's a trial. Uh, it's another run. It's an option. Yeah. Uh, it's not fatal though. Yeah. I yeah. think yeah. we could preach that all day long. Right. It's like, yeah. Yeah, you nailed it on the head. I think a lot of people get caught up in the, I'm going to try this. And if it doesn't work out and I've put one or two years into this, well, now I got to go follow this trajectory for the rest of my life. And it's like, if you look at my life as, a, as an example, you know, I spent four years in this business. I left. I spent, uh, you know, six months in the action sports industry, figured out I love doing it, but I don't love doing it for work. Right. I love right. doing the activity, not work. And then again, pivoted. And then eventually it was helping people. Um, but I, I think that's such a huge gift people can give themselves as well as allowing themselves to try to experience, experiment, whatever you call it. Um, and, and knowing, I mean, you look at technology, we're probably going to live to we're like a hundred years old. You might as well spend yeah, exactly. five, 10 years figuring it out. And even if you're a little bit behind, you can still, you can still absolutely catch up. And I know, you know, even with your story, I was looking at some stuff where it's like, you did go back and and go to education a little bit later. Sure. Right. Yeah. It's like, look yeah. at what you're doing now and how fulfilled you are. It's like, you are a pristine example of, you know, like we are all on our, our own timeline. And if we follow our own timeline, it's going to lead to beautiful things. Exactly. Exactly. So I can only imagine, I mean, I feel like there's just three lessons so far out of this. And, and I would love to hear any, anything else that you teach that find in direction. But the first one I get is look, you know, you were hitting, you know, eight figure income, early 20s, uh, and you could have conceivably stayed with that. Right. Um, and in that business, by the way, you know, you're building this this residual income that you can have running for a long time. Right. But you you felt something speaking to you saying, I need to step away from this. Right. You step away from that. Yeah. Part one. Part two, you have a a health issue that in and of itself could take you down. Right. Mentally and physically. Right. Um, yeah. Sometimes the mental takedown 
is much bigger than the physical takedown, right? And some sometimes people even survive the physical part, but don't survive the mental part, right? And don't keep the attitude, right? It just it just it it, it gives way. Um, and then part three after that, um, figuring out this this piece around you know your life's direction, right? And changing yeah. the question in order to be able to propel yourself yeah. forward and try other things. I mean, those are three big milestones along the way. What, what else do you, you know, do you help folks with that? I mean, that will be enough in and of itself, but anything else when, when people come to you and find a direction, what else do you, uh, you know, unpack for them? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things intertwined in that is people skills. Mm. Um, and for some that may go, yeah, that makes perfect sense for some, it may not. But for me, I grew up as this shy, quiet, introverted kid, didn't know how to have a conversation, didn't understand how people spoke for 10 to 20, let alone 30 minutes an hour. Mm. Uh, And so I had to study people for, I mean, for the three and a half years I was with that company, all I was really doing was studying humans. How do I, how do I learn how humans think, what they do, why they do it, how to communicate with them, how to, you know, build report, how to um, get people to, to like you and want to help you. And throughout all of that, I think one of the biggest things we now do at Finding Direction is we teach people how throughout all of finding your direction in life, there's the silver lining of building incredible relationships with people. Yeah. Because if you can build those relationships with people, like they're saying, and I live my life by it, it's that through effective communication and networking, you can open any door of opportunity. Yes. And so that's one of the things that we teach people is how can we build these incredible human skills, these people skills? Because if you have great people skills, and you use also the tools we help people in figuring out their life. It's like you partner those two together and you can have endless opportunities. And like, like we've talked about, you can experiment with one thing and you can easily move on to trying something else because of the people skills that you've built. Um, so I, w- I would say that's absolutely one huge thing that we kind of have. Absolutely. Throughout that. Absolutely. That's a, that's such a good nugget. You know, um, uh, several episodes ago, a gentleman by the name of Billy Dexter, who's a great friend, uh, and partner at Hydrogen Struggles, he has a book called um, Making Your Net Work, right? And the two words separately, but you huh. can see how they play on each other. And one of the things I remember from that episode he talked about was this idea of we think of networking as an activity often, as opposed to thinking about building the relationships and just giving as the activity. And your network is the end result that just happens to happen. If you think about it that way, and I'm probably messing it up the way I'm paraphrasing it, but I think that was really the the essence of what he was saying. But it was so well said, right, in terms of just build the relationships, just invest in the relationships, do things for folks without, you know, expecting reciprocation. Just do it, right? Um, And and you'll you'll see it over time in the building of a network and so on and so forth. Yeah, I I 100% agree. It's like if you can add with value how do I add value to people's life? How do I give to others? There's this universal energy and there's even a lot called the law of reciprocity that if you yes. give out into the universe and you give to the world and you add value and you help other people, it will come back to you some way, shape or form. It may not be directly from that person, but something Absolutely. else will happen. And it's just the universe going, hey, you've you've added value. You've given to other people because of how the universal energy works. I'm going to give you something back that's really going to help you in your life. So yeah, I think that's that's absolutely a key that we have is you know not let's build our network to say what can i get or how can you help me with this it's like how can i help and how can i lead with that and then everything always falls into the right place once you once you take that approach absolutely absolutely studios are great nuggets any any last point you want to cap uh introduce before we wrap up um i think the biggest thing for 
some people and and kind of in the space of you know going into the workforce or being in the workforce for a couple of years is like allowing ourselves to really reinstill the belief in us that you truly can live a life that you love. Yes. And I you know I think we've kind of gotten into this uh norm now in the world where you know you may have someone you go oh what do you do for work and they go you know I do this and you go do you like it and they go eh, you know like it's work like I don't really love it but it's work you know it's like it's work. Um and I am just totally on the other end of the spectrum where it's like we live in such an abundant universe yeah, and yeah. you can do something that lights your soul up like you never imagined you like other people have done that so therefore you can do it so why settle for anything other than living an absolutely outstanding quality of life because you you literally can do that but we've been so primed throughout our lives growing up from different experiences different people we meet and have conversations where we've been to just that you get a job, it's something you do, you know, you don't necessarily need to live it. Um, but one thing Tony always talks about is he's, let's study the few that do versus the many that talk. And, and that's one of the things I'm a proponent of is let's look at the few people as of now. And, and really we want to shift that statistic, but let's look at the few people that love life that wake up every single day going, man, like I got to pinch myself because this is really what I get to do for my life. And let's study those people that have lived that type of life rather than all the other people, the majority of people that don't actually know or don't actually love what they do. And really where it starts is just rebuilding that belief into you of, you know, this is possible. Um, I can live a life that I love. I can live a life where I wake up every single day and am extremely just excited and fulfilled from the work that I do. It starts, it starts with just knowing that that's possible because you know, sometimes we've been stripped away from, from believing that that's real. So that's, that's one thing that I would, I would really, um, push for people to start believing. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Cause it, it, it starts with, yeah, a hundred percent with you. It starts with that belief. Uh, it's hard to put any action steps in place until you get that belief, uh, yeah. in you. Right. Uh, and, and then to your point, like, like I said, that visualization I had of you changing that question yeah. and then turning on your heels, right. Then you start to, um, pull in a different direction when yeah. you do that. Yeah. This Absolutely. is excellent, Stu. Hey, listen, thanks for sharing your story and being transparent and, and uh, uh, your journey and those different milestones and what you're doing with Finding Direction, man. Wishing you uh, continued success. And Stu, if, if folks want to reach out to you and get more information on what you're doing at Finding Direction, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. Um, so I have a basically free guide that we've created and people are more than welcome to get this. And the guide is called Three Steps to Finding Direction in Under 10 Minutes. And the whole gist of this is sometimes we get in this place of overwhelm, right? Where it's like, you know, I don't know if I want to do this or that, or I can feel like I'm in an ocean and just don't know what direction to swim. Our whole basis is let's help you in less than five minutes figure out what is it that you truly want to do. Um, And so people can go get that guide. It's at findingdirectionuniversity.com forward slash three steps. And again, it's called three steps to finding direction in under 10 minutes. It's at findingdirectionuniversity.com forward slash three steps. And then, you know, if people have questions or anything I can do to support anybody, um, reach out at any time. Again, I'm, I'm here to just give and add value and help and support in any way that I can. Excellent. And we'll put that all in the show notes, folks, and make it easy for you as always. Thank you, Stu Massengale, for being here from Finding Direction. Quilling Solution audience, as always, those are our thoughts. Those are our comments. As always, love to hear from you. 
wherever you're listening, uh, your preferred source, please leave notes, comments. If this is of value to you, as always, I ask that you subscribe and leave a review and pass the podcast on to somebody else who you think can use it as well. Until next time, you are informed, you are empowered, be accountable. See you next time.